Hi, welcome back to another episode of Drive to Success, a podcast made by Athena Racing Student Advisory Board. I'm Mihika, your host for this episode. And I'm Loxley Brown, Mihika's sidekick and Athena Racing's founder. Today we're here with Axel Schultz, who is the founder of Blue Callum, the World Innovation Forum, and most importantly, is hosting the Ingenuity Cup in which we are competing. His work in Silicon Valley resulted in his creating and exiting five successful companies. Two were billion dollar companies. It seems as though he will never stop innovating and working and his background is so impressive as you'll soon find out. Welcome Axel. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I mean, uh, and I'm, I'm so to speak doubly excited because I've, I've seen and heard already from what you guys are doing. I can only tell you, I mean, this is a total amazing job that you're doing. I mean, I have to do with, with, with entrepreneurs, you know, 25, older, 30, we work with corporate executives, but I've never worked with a age like yours. So I, I really can't wait to see the, the outcome of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great to be here. Yeah. So we have some questions we'd like to ask. So let's get started. As you know, we Athenians love everything about STEM and are learning about all the opportunities that are available to us. How were you introduced to STEM? Was there a particular subject in school that you loved, a family member or mentor that influenced you? You know, it's funny you say that. I mean, when I went to school and uh, later on to university, the term STEM actually didn't exist. <laughs> so my introduction to STEM was a couple of years ago. I mean, maybe 10 years ago or so, when I heard it for the first time and I was intrigued because it put, I mean, very related yet not related uh, uh, parts together. I mean, you know, put, putting, putting, uh, the, the engineering part and the technology part and the science part together. I think this was a, a real key thing. And so I'm excited about the whole topic of STEM. So I'm really cool. Yeah. So describe to us your career and life journey and the steps you took throughout your education, how your career progressed and what you're working on now. Okay. So you will be shocked. I mean, I'm or not. I'm, I'm actually in this regard, the typical entrepreneur. You know, I, I did school and then I went to university and I dropped off universities like so many. I couldn't wait to do my own thing. Then there was army in between because we had to go to army at back in the days. And um, then I, I started or continued my startup actually while I'm at the army. Didn't really make it. And my dad told me, you know what? I mean, you should understand how a corporation actually works. Now I have to say I'm coming from an entrepreneurial family, father, grandfather, great grandfather, and, and all as far as I could go back, all were entrepreneurs. And he said, you know, just look for a large company in the space that you are interested in and a company that you really like to work for. And, you know, you learn how this works because I had no clue about, about bookkeeping. I had actually no clue about how really sales works. And because my background is engineering. And so I did that. I did it for four years. I was working actually for Rockwell International. And back then they were in, in, in Southern California. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And so this was the starting point. And I realized the distribution channel, sort of how we sell products into the market was kind of broken. 
I mean, not just for us, for everybody. And I told my, my boss that I have an idea how to fix that. And he, I mean, he was admiring me to a certain degree because he thought, you know, I'm, I'm this kid who's just running at hyper speed. And he started bursting out laughing. And I said, and he said, Axel, I mean, you're, you're an intelligent guy. You're a very smart guy. But this idea is completely ridiculous. You will never be able to do that because distribution channels are 5,000 years old and blah, 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 blah. And so that was a bummer. But I actually thought, well, but if I would actually be able to do that, that would be a major shift. And then somebody told me, you know, the worst thing you can do is not trying. And so I thought, F, you know, <laughs> I will try this. And um, we ran into a wall, almost bankrupt, and then a long story in between. And 10 years later, we were a $10 billion company. So it was worth trying, definitely. I mean, it was in many ways difficult. We had many near-death experiences because in the beginning it didn't work quite the way I thought it should. Then later on, I had another problem that we were growing too fast. They couldn't finance growth. And I didn't really know all the details about growth financing. So I had to learn this on hyperspeed. But in the end, it was a marvelous story and from a helicopter perspective, it looks like this amazing startup from zero to you know 10 billion. But if you look behind the scene, we like anybody in this field and every entrepreneur I know went basically through hell, even though we wouldn't say hell. It's just, you know, lots of difficulties. And so what I learned was, you know, never give up, never surrender, just get through it no matter what. <laughs> so that, yeah, was, I think that the, was the first the real story is so important for everyone to hear because everybody's like, Oh, it's just glorious. And you go from zero to <laughs> a billion so easily. But it's like absolutely stories is like, <clears throat> it takes a lot of work and dedication. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, it I, I would I would absolutely agree. It, it takes a lot of dedications, a lot of hours. I mean, you put everything into this into this work. But then on the other side, I mean, people say it's hard work, extremely hard. And I think there is um, a very big problem in our language. Yes, it's work, but there's one guy I really admire and that was Confucius. And he apparently said once, look for something you wholeheartedly love and you will never work a day in your life. Now, I'm a super lazy guy, and I thought, yeah, that is my guy. I will never work a day in my life. <laughs> and it was so interesting that I obviously I didn't believe it, but I realized when I looked at back then, I mean, eons ago, at musicians, you know, who play like gods and they love what they do. And I, I mean, totally rich. I thought, wow, this is actually interesting. Then I was rally driving. Uh, so a good fit for Athena racing. So I, I was actually very good. And, but I didn't really believe that I could get to the top. But even in my second year, uh, we were in the, in the German championship on the very top. And so I knew it's the dedication. And all of a sudden, the work is no work. I mean, for me, everything that we went through where people said, I would never be able to do this. I would probably collapse. I would do this and that. No, you don't. I mean, if you love what you do, I mean, there is nothing that can stop you. And um, I think that's probably the biggest part of success more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really amazing. And that's definitely something important to take away. 
So what skills have you learned over the years that are crucial to getting to where you are now? <laughs> yeah, I was hoping for that question. <laughs> so in my, on my personal blog, I, somewhere I state, I'm very happy that I have no skill that I was basically working for or with longer than five to seven years. And then I start something new. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that situation. So I have no deep skills in anything because I realized one day, this is eons ago, where I realized if you do something very, very good because you love it, after three years, you'll be one of the best. And the only, the real challenge is to find what is it what you really love, not so much what is it what you really do good. And, um, and so I was, you know, as I said, I, I mean, I grew up with engineering and, and that was pretty cool. So, so I was one of the best software developers, my first company, but I didn't really want to stay there. And my boss moved on and, um, and then I learned a new skill and that was actually product management. I did well and I liked it, really did. And people said, you know, you need to come with so-and-so to customers and present the solution because you just can't do this so well. And I did, and I started to close actually deals. So my boss said, hey, actually, you should go into sales. And I thought, yeah, wow, this is something I should learn anyway. <laughs> so I went into sales and I was pretty okay. I believe I was good for the short period of time. And so then I went out of the tech space later on more into social media, which is considered tech, but social media is all about social. So I became a sociologist almost. And what we do right now in, in, in Blue Column is we're working very close with neuroscience. And that is a total different branch again. And so within the last four years, I was deeply involved in neuroscience and how our brain works and how we create ideas and why we forget things and why we don't forget other things and so forth. And so this altogether is, uh, I think, a wealth of experiences, very different experiences that actually makes my career at the end of the day. I mean, what I am and what I am today is the huge diversity. And I always in my life, I just did what was super interesting for me. And I had a rigorous kind of self, not even discipline, because I'm not very disciplined, I have to say. But I was rigorous about if it's, if it's not interesting for me anymore, I simply stop. And uh, in retrospect, yeah, that was very cool. So I would say yeah, I had a super cool life because of that. Yeah. I always have to say that, you know, when I get to that point where I'm frustrated with something, I go, am I having fun with this? Because you're going to yeah. have frustrating days. But if you're not having fun with it, you shouldn't do it. So that's been kind of my way of going, am I still having fun with this? Yeah. Okay, let me look at another thing to do. <laughs> that's kind Absolutely. of that same three to five year path where it's like, I get yeah. really great at this. And I'm like, okay, like yeah. I know everything I need to know. Let me go to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. For me, it's always uh, about learning and developing yeah. yourself more too. That's right. And as an entrepreneur, you have even another super option you hire people for things that you don't like to do. And that was what I learned very early on. And I was just lucky to find people who loved the things that I didn't like to do, like finance. I yeah. always had amazing CFOs. Um, the people, I believe I'm, like I said earlier, good at sales, but probably not that 
sales guy that goes on the street and does just a phenomenal dream job. So I hired top-notch salespeople. And um, as an entrepreneur, I learned in Silicon Valley, instead of hiring these people, why don't you have them as co-founders? And that is a breakthrough concept that I thought, wow, yeah, very obviously that's the way to go. But when I heard it first, I thought, yeah, because they, they put not just you know, time into it, they put also money in. If they put money in, they don't want to lose it. So everybody is all of a sudden on the same plane and we want to make it super successful. And that makes a huge difference. So co-founders in a startup is a must have. People would not succeed without co-founders. I can, I can tell you that. <laughs> and and so that's, that's how I, I deal with, with, with the skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This leads perfectly into the question that I have for you. I know you have tremendous experience and every entrepreneur always wants to know when you were building your past five companies, did you know that they were going to become winners? And when did you have that moment where you thought to yourself, oh, I have made this happen. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's an, an interesting question. And I've, I, I had over the years, I had different answers in the beginning. I said, no, I, I had no clue. In retrospect, then over years, I realized, well, I wouldn't have done it if I wouldn't be super convinced it's going well. And with Blue Column, which is actually my fifth company, um, there were a couple things that didn't really resonate with me. There's, it was, was just not ready yet. And then there was the point where I knew, okay, this is yet another thing that even despite my age, we should do. And it, it was a collaboration with my wife who has always been co-founder in all the previous companies. And she, she asked me this question and she said, so what, what, you, what you've learned and what you know as a consultant, um, that's probably cool and you don't need to run a company and so on. But I learned from you consultant is not your thing so will it be now your thing or will you build a platform and i said you know we promised each other that we don't start another company with platform and technology and everything and she said why not <laughs> and i was boom because i knew this is gonna fly and we are at a stage i have to be honest it's actually very hard right now because you know what we're what we're envisioning to go with the market is it to some extent not ready. There's some people ready, and we go through the same iteration like 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 in the past. But it's yet a new way to get into something that is almost too early. So it, it's a it's a difficult thing. But but now to sum it up, I think I always knew when this is when this is really really going well because there's there's no imagination why it could go wrong, then I should go for it. And that, that's how I, how I did it and how I still do it. And I believe, well, probably it will hit me once, but uh, now I'm old enough to care less, so to speak. But no, I, I know when, it is, when it's the right thing and I cannot imagine that this going wrong because I don't have the question, what, you know, the answer to what can go wrong then I know I go for it. Even though m many people would say this will, will never work. I mean, like, like with Blue Column, people said, you know, Axel, this is just far, far too far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I had the same experience with Athena Racing, so I totally understand mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, how did you come up with the idea for Blue Cow? And then how do you think companies that involve neurotechnology will continue to shape and change over the next decade? Yeah, so, so it's a, that's, a, that's an interesting question because this is the only company I never actually anticipated to build. Um, so we, as you know, we retired, we helped startups, we had a good life, we had good companies. I said once I will never have a five, you know, a nine to five job again, go into office every day and so on. And I still don't do, by the way. Um, but that has to do with COVID and other things. But the idea came with one person who stood in front of me, looking into my eyes very intense and said, Axel, tell me, how do you create innovative ideas step by step? And I, I was looking at him, I thought, I mean, yeah, I, I, get, I get a lot of questions here, you know, how to come up with great ideas. And we always say, you know, uh, you know, think big, think bold, think outside the box, all the good stuff. But it was so intense, step by step. And I thought, you know, I don't know. And the day after I went to the internet and, you know, searched for how are ideas created, idea creation, and so on and so on. And I found a lot of things, very vague, zero answers. I thought, wow, I mean, that can be, I mean, somebody need to know, uh, must know, and nobody knew. And so I stumbled over a scientist in California, uh, Professor David Eagleman at the Stanford University Neuroscience. And he had a, a, an amazing TED talk talking about our inability to be creative and the way our brain only composes ideas or thoughts. Actually, he wasn't on the, on the idea space, thoughts from past experiences, every thought. And learned, later on, I learned, okay, thinking, a thought, an idea, even a worry, anxiety is all the same process, you know? Uh, neurons cobble up a couple of things from the past and then you get to, to decide what it is and sometimes you have fear and sometimes you have joy and so forth. That every idea ever created was actually composed from past experiences. And when I realized that, and talk to many of my friends, entrepreneurs. Hey, you know, either how did you come up with ideas? Or those who I asked before, and they said the same thing. I said, I believe I have an answer. And I said, what? So, so what is it? And I told them the story. And everybody was kind of buffled a bit and thought, yeah, I mean, that's actually reasonable. It's very interesting. And so I knew we wanted to communicate our findings. And then we had two clients almost instantaneously we worked with and we realized in the process of ideation we hit the wall i mean brutally because with a new method we developed people came up with hundreds of ideas all of a sudden you know it wasn't just a bare bone brainstorm meeting but it was a whole series of brain activation sessions and uh, in one case we we came up with about 2000 idea pieces you know, what do you choose one or who is better and who is not, or which is better and which is not. And so we said we needed technology. And this was the point we started actually Blue Column because we, we knew the method is good, but we also knew we cannot do this manually. I mean, our brain is way too capable. 
then for us to then think through the capabilities they come up with, particularly if we are working with 10 or 15 people, I mean, you know, one idea fires a new idea and fires a new idea and most of them are actually amazing. And so, so that's, that was the starting point of Blue Column. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today and talking about your extensive experiences. Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. It truly was. And I'm, I'm, I'm love to do stuff like that. That's one thing I love to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so and much to, for having me. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of our podcast, Drive to Success. Make sure you check out our website at athenaracing.org and all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and more at Race Athena. Our events are incredibly fun and our membership is growing rapidly. You can attend as a guest too if you haven't become a member yet. Our programs are free thanks to the incredible support of our volunteers and sponsors. See you next time.